You know, Reese uh, was kind enough to uh, tell me that I could speak on anything that I wanted to today, which <laughs> very dangerous, I might add, but okay. Uh, he told me that I could do Ephesians, uh, you know, five and following where we kind of left off. Uh, or I could, you know, do something on Father's Day or whatever. One of the problems, of course, when you're told you can do whatever you want, it's kind of like, I don't know what I want. You know, it's, sometimes it's good to be told what you have to do. You, you ever have that in life? Not you guys on these rows because you're told constantly what to do. You can't wait to not be told what to do. Then you'll be like, what do I do? That's kind of where I'm at. So I read, you know, and if you've read the following verses there in Ephesians 5, what is it about? You know, what, what's Reese been talking about? Do you guys remember what he talked about last week? Wow. this Yeah, extreme makeover, right? God edition. So it's like really radical, you know, like dealing with sin in your life and all that stuff. And I started reading through it and I'm like, do I, you know, I hadn't spoken in like two months. Do I really want to just beat up the church on sin? Let's leave that for the preacher to do, right? So, I'm going to talk about some other things. How about that? Is that okay? Reese is a great speaker, and he'll make it lively and fun and powerful and life-changing. We will leave that to him to do. Um, a couple weeks ago, Connie and I went to dinner with, uh, with some like newer friends, um, people that were just like starting to get to know. I was at a, a business conference two weeks ago, Saturday and Sunday. And um, we wanted to, to go out with a, a couple people that we, we met there. And so, you know, we're, you know what you do when you go out with new folks. You want to get to know them and find out about them. And so they ask you questions. And, you know, they don't know us and our church. And, like, so when they ask, like, we really answer. You ever get that? Like, they're like, wow, that's way more information than I wanted to know about you. So, you know, they ask, like, you know, how'd you meet? Tell us the story. And so I, you know, I told them, Connie and I met at Gold's Gym. I uh, used to work out back then, and um, she still does, uh, which, keep it up, babe. And we were 21, uh, you know, when we, we started dating, and I... I dress better now than I did then. I mean, because of my wife's influence. Then, I mean, I had no real positive influence in my life as far as dress goes. Some of you can relate to me, all right? So, so don't look so stunned, all right? Thank you very much. Carly is always there to help and encourage, right, Carly? Carly's like, yeah, some of them single brothers. Yeah, I've seen You should see some of the dates. Well... So I, I wore, you know, like, you go to the gym, it's Gold's Gym, it's, you know, so I'm wearing sweatpants, and, but I wore all the wrong things, like, I don't know what kind of shoes were really lame then, but I wore those kind. Not like Reeboks or Adidas, or, but like tennis shoes that were like the lamest kind of tennis shoes, and so we're telling the story, and, and having some fun with it, and, you know, we're like, yeah, I mean, we, we fell in love, I mean, pretty, pretty quick. Um, but, you know, I, I got real, I said, you know, when... When Connie and I were dating, you know, I, I told her, I don't want to get married. You know, I'm, I'm not interested in getting married. And kids, I don't want to have kids. Uh, really, I know Cole, I'm sorry, Cole, that, that's just the truth. That's, that's what I told her. Uh, I really tried to leave you out of this today, but it's Father's Day, I don't know how to do that. 
and you know that was the truth. I mean, I this was before I was a Christian, obviously Connie uh, as well, and you know they were like, well, what happened? You know, we've been married 25 years now, and uh, you know I have three amazing boys, and really for me, like the two things that I love about my life the most are the relationship that I have with my wife and the relationships I have with my with my sons. And these were like the things that, I mean, I did I not say that when we were dating? I said that. I was like, you know, okay, uh, we're having a good time and we're, we're having a lot of fun together and I love you and I think we're going to be together for a long, long time. But I don't want to get married and I don't want to have kids. I, I mean, that's... Those were like the two things I didn't want. Those are the two things that I am most thankful for in my life today. And the only reason is because of what God has done in my life. Like the transformation that he's... This is not the sermon, by the way. This is just, you know, something to talk about before we get, right? You know, like that's what... That's what... I'm so grateful for the transformation that God has has like made in my life. Uh, I was so selfish and and afraid. And like I didn't want to start a marriage that I didn't think I could keep together. And I didn't want to raise children that I didn't know, you know, if I knew how, and I certainly don't know how, but, you know, I mean, I didn't want to, like, I didn't want to get started down a path of what I thought was failure. Does that make sense? And God just, like, transformed me. You know, he, he made me courageous enough to do that. And, and he gave me like these amazing blessings in my life that, that I would never have without my relationship with God. I would never have it. I wouldn't. Some of you would. I mean, you know, some of you like, like you could have been a, a good dad or you could have been a good, a good husband. And, and maybe you were for, you know, like we saw the Russian couple, like they're married for 46 years. And, you know, that's great. I imagine there are people on this earth that could do that. I, I just wasn't one of them. And, and most people on this earth aren't one of them, right? And who knows what marriage they had. But God transforms lives. Uh, we're, so, we're just so blessed to have His influence in our life today. Amen? I'd like to, to ask the audience for some participation. You know how I like to do that? Is that okay? Can I get your commitment? You'll participate a little? Obviously, Reese will participate. I'm asking the rest of you. Will you participate? Carly, yes. Reese, yes. Will others of you participate? Holy cow, I'm talking to you for crying out loud. You, you. Not, some, not the person next to you. You. I'd like to know, what, what is the one thing? What, what is one thing that comes to your mind? One lesson. One, like, example. And, and don't tell the story. But what's, like, something that you learned from your dad that impacted your life? Could, could you... Could I have some hands? I'd, I'd like to hear some of the stories, please. You learn, Amy, work ethic from her dad. Awesome. Love that. Oh, perseverance, right? Always keep going. Never give up. Great lesson. Acceptance. Beautiful. Love that. Unconditional love. Did any men learn any lessons from their father? Just wondering, did any men? Because it's okay if you didn't. But did any men learn a single lesson from... Thank you. Yes, Marlon. Sense of humor. There you go. See that, son? You can get something out of me. Thank you. Good. You get the job done. That's right. No excuses. Love that. Go ahead, Carly. Leadership to lead. Beautiful. Yeah. What is it? Be honest. 
All right, integrity. I love that. Just a couple more. Yeah, Fernie. Never go to sleep upset with your mom. Love that. Did you ever go to sleep upset with your mom? Did that ever happen? Couple times, but that's great. Beautiful. All right, one more. Responsibility from your dad. Your dad, Kevin Kawai. Where is Kevin? We want to point him out. There he is right there. He's the one who set up the song service, by the way. So thank you for doing that, Kevin. But all right. He does a great job. Still a little bitter over that whole it as well with my soul thing. But I'm going to get over it before the lesson's done. Um, you know, I, I, I think about the lessons that I've learned from my dad. You know, I, I learned, uh, somebody else said honesty, integrity. You know, I, uh, I worked for my dad for a short period of time. Something I really don't recommend any sons do with their fathers, by the way. I'm um, a living example of that. But I worked with my dad for a while. My dad actually fired me. I've never been fired from a job in my life. My dad's the only one who ever fired me. Does that suck? I mean, think about that. I, I was actually selling real estate, working my way through college, and, and pretty successful at it. And my dad, I, I had forgotten to get one form signed. I was 18 years old, just got my real estate license, maybe for six months. And my dad said, you know, you forgot to get this one form signed, so go ahead and take care of it. So I got the form and I took care of it. I, I, signed, I signed the client's name, took care of it. Fastest way I knew how to take care of it, right? Who else said, hey, their dad just got the job done? Well, that's what, that, was, that was me, just got the job done. I know, bad, right? I wasn't a Christian then, but that's kind of, you know, I, I look for the easy way out sometimes. And I, I turned into my dad and he looked at it and he immediately knew. It's like, you know. I don't remember. It's a little old lady. She's like 80 years old. He's like, that's not her signature. I said, yeah, I, I just, I called her, asked her if it was okay, and I signed it and gave it to her. He goes, he goes, okay, uh, you know, I'm going to have to let you go. <laughs> I'm like, you mean go? <laughs> just like I'm going to take off? Or do you mean like I'm fired? He goes, no, you're, you're, you can't do that. That's illegal. You're fired. You remember that, babe? I think I've told you the story. You weren't around then. Um, boy, I learned integrity that day. You know what I mean? And he didn't hire me back for, you know, about three or four days. But he did hire me back. He's one of his top agents. He had to hire me back. He fired me. He did hire me back. He taught. I, I learned my lesson. I didn't know if he would hire me back. But he did. Um... We've learned awesome lessons from our dads, haven't we? I, I know in a group this size that there are lots of stories about our dads that we could tell. Sometimes some not so good, right? You know what I believe, though? I, I, I believe that our dads really love us or loved us if they're still with us. And maybe they didn't always know the right thing to do. Maybe they didn't always do the right thing. Maybe they did some really bad things. But they really, innately, dads really love their children, right? That's how God feels about us. Uh, open your Bibles to, uh, we are going to start in Ephesians, believe it or not. Ephesians chapter 1. 
Ephesians 1. You know, um, I, I told this to Reese. I, I don't know, gosh, it's already 5 after 11. I don't know how much, I haven't even started. I don't even know how much of this I'm going to get through. Have you ever had like all this stuff going on in your mind and you're like, wow, let me just write it all down on paper and I'll highlight some things and then we'll see what comes out. You ever do that? You shouldn't. I mean, really, you shouldn't do that. Uh, but that's kind of what we got today. So I don't know all of what I'm going to get to, um, but the, there are some things that have impacted me that I really think, that I really think if I can communicate it properly, that it might impact you as well. This is stuff that, that's impacted me. Amen? Does that make sense? Um, God is the consummate Father. Uh, we know what God gave us. We know the lessons that He's taught us. We know that without God, and what I shared about the transformation that He's brought in my life, in just the two areas of my life that I love the most, my wife and my children, I, I, God wants so badly, so badly, for us to live a full life and, and on top of that, be with Him forever in heaven. So badly He wants that. You know, there's so many stories we could look at. We could look at the story of the prodigal son. All we need to do is look to Jesus, though, right? We, we see that Jesus came. We know that Jesus offered Himself as a sacrifice for our sins. We know that we've blown it in so many ways. We've made so many mistakes that we could never make up for. And Jesus came and He washed all that away. He gives us an opportunity, not to try to balance out the scale, because we could never do that, but to just say, as far as the east is from the west, it's gone from you. It's forgiven. You're forgiven. Is that amazing? It's amazing. But you know, that, that's not enough. That wasn't enough for God. He didn't stop there, which is really pretty cool. Look with me uh, in Ephesians Chapter 1, starting in verse 11, he says, In him you were chosen, having pre been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. And that whole purpose of his will is important. We'll come back to that. Hopefully we'll get to it. In order that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, might be the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel, the good news of your salvation. Having believed, having believed, you were marked in Him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance, our inheritance in heaven, until the redemption of those who are God's possession, to the praise of His glory. So we're forgiven of all of our sins. But God says, you know, that's not enough. I'm going to give you something that I've never given anybody else before, except a few of my really special servants in the Old Testament. I'm going to give you the gift of what? The Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is going to be a guarantee. A guarantee. It's a deposit. Guaranteeing your salvation. But it doesn't end there, right? The Spirit isn't just that deposit. He isn't just the guarantee. He's more than that in our life. Think about your dads and think about all the things that you learned from them. If you could wrap that up in one thing, you know what your dad would want to pass on to you? Wisdom. He would want to say, you know what? I want you to be a person of integrity. I want you to understand what work ethic is. All the things you said. I want you to understand that if you persevere and don't give up, you'll be successful. He, he, would, he would try his best, your dad, your physical father, to pass on whatever wisdom he had. If he could just find a way to ball it up and put it inside you, he would do that for you, right? Wouldn't you do that for your son or daughter? I would. Well, that's what God did. God did that. 
He said, I'm going to give you the Spirit. He goes on, he says, for this reason, Paul says, for this reason, verse 15, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he's called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. This is a little bit of a dichotomy here. Do you you see that at all? Like he says a few minutes ago, God gave you his spirit, right? You have His Spirit. If you're a Christian, you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you've dedicated your life to Him, you have His Spirit. But then Paul says, you know what though? I pray every day that you get His Spirit. I pray that you get this Spirit of wisdom and revelation. You see the difference? What is the Spirit of wisdom and revelation? Is it not the Holy Spirit who we're given? Certainly is. What does the Spirit not know, right? You guys with me? Say, well, this is all interesting. I don't know where you're going with this. Well, I might not either, but hang in there. We'll we'll get somewhere. Promise. Stay with me. This greatest gift, this package that God gave us, Jesus, forgiveness of our sins, and the Holy Spirit, something that the ancients longed for, to be close to God, to know God's Spirit. We have this access to. But it's not enough just that God gave it to, gave Him to us. That's what he's saying here. Paul prays every day that, yes, we have Him, but we really need, we really need to grasp this spirit of wisdom and revelation. Does that make sense? Go to Second Chronicles chapter 1. I want to I go through a, a cool story about God's Spirit. And, and hopefully this will help with some of what I'm trying to describe. Because it really, I think for many of us, like, we became Christians and we knew what our, our new purpose was, right? We were, we were full of zeal. We were fired up. We knew for the first time in our life we had a purpose in this world, right, that was bigger than ourselves. Remember that? When you, when you were baptized, you, 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 you embraced this new purpose to make a difference in the world. And now, you know, maybe months later or years later, or in some cases decades later, you go, well, what now? You know, like, like is my, my, I, I get my purpose, but what is my purpose, right? Like, I get the Great Commission, and I get we're supposed to do that, but where do I fit in in all of that? Does that make sense to you guys? Do you ever wonder that, or is that just me? Do you wonder that? Carly, just me and you? What is my purpose? What am I supposed to do? Like, I want some revelation. I want some wisdom. Tell me. You know that whole thing? Tell me what I'm supposed to do. I want to know. God. God can do that. And He wants to do that for you and I. 
You know the story about Solomon. We're going to read just a little of it here and kind of dig in, and, and, and God willing, we're going to do it in like, you know, 15 minutes. I told Reese that, you know, I was probably going to end early. I probably should end now, right, even before we start. Uh, if well, I'm going to end early, evidently I'm not going to end early. Is that okay? So I can just say, say a prayer and then everybody leave. No, I can't do that either. All right, so, all right, so 1130 we're going to end. Don't worry about that. All right, Second Chronicles chapter 1. um, God made a promise to David. You know, God put David, King David, on the throne of Israel, and he made a promise to David. Who can tell me what that promise was? Greece, of course. So there's one other. There's another soul. You got it. Come on. Yes, you should give him a hand. You didn't weren't bold enough to raise yours. Amen. <laughs> so, right, that, that the promise was you'll, you'll always have someone on the throne. And we know that ultimately that led to, you know, the lineage of Jesus. But, but Solomon, right, Solomon was the first step in that lineage, right? Solomon was like the, the physical, like, like show that, okay, God is making good on his promise right here. My son Solomon is going to now be king. Well, Solomon becomes king. It says, uh, you know, Solomon spoke to all of Israel. You know, he has this big ceremony. He sacrifices, you know, a thousand burnt offerings. And God comes to him that night in verse 7. It says, that night God appeared to Solomon and said to him, Ask for whatever you want me to give you. Wow. Would that be pretty cool? That'd be pretty cool. Solomon answered God, You have shown great kindness to David my father, verse 8, and have made me king in his place. Now, Lord God, let your promise to my father David be confirmed. For you have made me king over people who are as numerous as the dust of the earth. Give me wisdom and knowledge that I may lead this people. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? God said to Solomon, Since this is your heart's desire... And you've not asked for wealth, riches, or honor, nor for the death of your enemies. And since you have asked for a long life, since you have not asked for a long life, but for wisdom and knowledge to govern my people over whom I've made you king, therefore wisdom and knowledge will be given you, and I will also give you wealth, riches, and honor, such as no king who was before you ever had, and none after you will have. Solomon is known to be the richest man who ever lived. So let's, let's think about this just for a minute because we're going to talk practicals in a couple of minutes and how some of this fits together. So Solomon asked for wisdom. Does the Bible tell us to ask for wisdom if we're lacking it? James, right? James says, hey, if any of you lacks wisdom, ask for it. God gives to all without what? Finding fault. Thank you, Lord. Plenty of fault, right, to be found. So it's very clear. Ask for wisdom. But James says, you better not doubt, though. Because if you doubt, you're not going to get anything. Well, there's also kind of another piece to this puzzle about wisdom. And that is, if you ask for wisdom, it needs to be within the realm of God's purpose for your life. For you really to be blessed. Here's what I mean. And a few minutes ago, we talked about this. Wouldn't it be great to really know, like, what am I all supposed to do? Certainly... 
This life is not all about just getting up, having a good quiet time, going to work, trying to share your faith with one or two people, coming home, having dinner, going to sleep, starting it all over again, and waiting for Saturday to arrive. Is that it, really? I mean, that's why we became Christians in the first place, because we saw in many cases how mundane and regular and normal that was. That's not life, right? Is that life to the full? Life to the full, though, comes through wisdom that God gave us from His Spirit. When we seek deeply, I know these are, I know some of these are crazy thoughts. These are just, you know, these are my thoughts, giving them to you. Solomon asked, there were a couple things to note. Solomon asked, he said, you know, Lord, you made a promise. You fulfilled the promise. Here's the example of the fulfillment of it right now. I'm the fulfillment of it. But you know what? I, I don't know how to do it. I don't know what to do. I don't know all the steps to take. And so, God, I need you to give me the wisdom to take the right steps. And God said, wow. So you're not just asking for it because you want to be happy. You're not just asking for it because you want to be rich. You're not just asking for it because you want to live a healthy life. You're not just asking for it because you want to have a good marriage and family. Like you're asking for it because you really want to know what my purpose for you is in this life. And you want to know how to do it. Awesome. Not only will I give you that, but I'll give you everything else because you've shown yourself to be so worthy. How awesome is that? We pray every day, right? Susie, you pray every day, right? A lot of things to pray about, right? I mean, you're a strong woman and deal with a lot of challenges in your life. Pray about health related issues. I don't know what all the challenges are that we face, but I know I pray for things every day in my life to overcome. God, help me with this. God, help me with that. God, help me with this. God, give me wisdom to do that. But you know what God really wants, I think, from me that I need to be more aware of? God wants me to have the capacity to outgrow those day-to-day challenges and to be bigger in my purpose for Him. Let me explain to you what I mean by that. And I'll try to get through this really, really in the next few minutes. Um, At that business conference that Connie and I went to a couple of weeks ago, um, it was a like two-day conference, Saturday and Sunday. And, you know, it's for the most part about business stuff, right? You know, like I pay tens of thousands of dollars a year to like be discipled in my business, right? So if you don't like getting discipled, imagine having to pay tens of thousands of dollars for it on top of it, right? I mean, think about that for a second. Free discipling. Maybe we should start charging the church, Reese. People would appreciate it more, I think. I mean, literally, tens of thousands of dollars. And one of the, one of the sessions was on creating a customer avatar. Uh, And you go, wow, this is a really boring part of the service. True. But if you own a business, maybe this will help you. If it does, then write a check, $12,000, Rob Cosberg, K-O-S-B-E-R-G. You can hand it to my wife afterwards. She'll take care of it. Um, A customer avatar is like, who's your ideal customer and and all of that. And so that is a little bit boring and a little, you know. uh, So we were getting ready for the session, and this uh, kind of a guest speaker came in. And this is a pretty big-name dude that... Uh, worked for years and years with Bill Gates and a big Silicon Valley guy. And um, 
He did something like radically different. His, his whole thing is figuring out like what you were put on this earth, who you were put on this earth to serve. Does that make sense? Based on like who you are and what you are. So when it comes to your customer avatar, it's stuff like, okay, uh, you know, what's their age, what's their sex, even, you know, a name. Like you, you, you want to like write your advertising and, and think about your business as serving a really specific person. So, you know, getting ready for that stuff. And instead, he says, um, okay, I have a few questions for you, and I want you to get out a piece of paper, and we're, of course, at table with all these people. And he goes, then we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about it. He goes, uh, I want you to write down uh, what your first traumatic childhood memory is. I'm like, oh, man, am I in the right class, right? Like, did I slip in the wrong place all of a sudden? Um, you know, so you see everybody like going like this. You know what I mean? And he said, you know, if it's not traumatic and, and, you know, it doesn't have to be traumatic, it could be just, you know, a difficult childhood memory. Tell us a little bit about some of the challenges of your childhood. Okay, write that down. Gave us a few minutes to do that. Then second question, um, and he said, how did you feel about it? Okay, I'm starting to write this stuff down, and, and you know, he says, we're going to, like, get some feedback from the audience, and I just know, you know what I mean? I just know it's going to be me. You ever been there? And so there are 50 people that I don't know, and now I'm going to spill my guts in front of all 50 of them. And, and he asked for volunteers, and I go, you know what I mean? I just, like... And he's not looking at me. He did a Reese Neal and no-look pass. He's not looking at me. He's looking straight at the audience, and I'm over to the right. And he goes, how about you? You know, some people just kind of, you just know that you're supposed to talk to them. And he goes right to me, and I'm like, I knew it. I knew if I raised my hand, you would call on me. These are a group of 50-year-old people, you know what I mean? But you feel like an elementary school kid. And like five minutes to do this, ridiculous. Um... So I said, you know, I had a pretty good childhood. Uh, really, I was loved. I was taken care of. Um, I, said, I said, but uh, I was raised by my grandparents, and that was different, right? Um, I was different than other kids because I was raised by my grandparents, and it being in the 60s. And so, you know, he digs a little bit deeper, and he says, well, you know, how did you feel? I don't know how I feel right now, you know? How did I feel then? I don't know. I'm guessing, right? So I go, well, I felt alone. And the whole group goes, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, man. Okay, well, how else did you feel? I'm like, well, I didn't know how I felt a minute ago. Now I'm going to share more feelings. Okay, I felt different. He goes, yeah. He said, you know, people... When it comes to their childhood, people tend to, you know, embrace and, like, overcompensate or, like, shy away. He said, tell me, you know, what you do for people. And I said, well, I help them with books and I make them famous so other people want to work with them. And everybody in the group goes, oh, my gosh. Like, wow, are you overcompensating for... He said, you know, the reason we're having this is because 
The reason we're having this discussion, he said, is because because of your your the way you were raised or the things in your past, they're, they just are. Forget of forget them for a moment about good or bad or someone did this or someone someone did that. Just they just are. But there's an opportunity in that for you to serve the perfect person. Now, we're talking business here, right? To serve the perfect group of people because of your past, because of the way you lived. Now, what am I doing? I'm immediately thinking about my relationship with God. I'm immediately thinking, you know, God, God for all of us, has taken the challenges and difficulties and pains and, and all the failings and faults and, and, and brings good out of that. Isn't that His promise to us? He works the good in all of those things. And He's created us with a specific pur- purpose in our lives to serve a specific individual, to make an impact on a specific group. You know, I didn't read through what Solomon did, but Solomon changed the world, guys. We're talking about him thousands of years later. In, in 1 Kings chapter 4, don't turn there because there is no time to do that. So what, what did Solomon do? It says in verse 20 and following, go back and look at it. All of Solomon's people in the country were happy under his leadership. Have you ever seen that before? No way. There was an abundance. Solomon wiped out poverty in all of Israel. The Bible teaches. There was national peace and safety. There were resources, public transportation, infrastructure was built. His kingdom was internationally renowned for its treasury of literature, art, music, and knowledge. And people came from all over to hear about God because of Solomon's wisdom that God gave him in his purpose, right? You go, well, that's Solomon. Solomon's the wisest man who ever lived. That's Solomon. Guys, Solomon was nobody. First of all, who gives their kid the name Solomon? Is there a Solomon in here? Forgive me if there is. I'm sorry. But what kind of background did Solomon have? What background did he have? Imagine being in elementary school. So, tell us how your mom and dad met little Solomon. Well, my mom was bathing naked on the roof. And dad... Uh, committed adultery with her, and then killed her husband. And they eventually hooked up, and here am I. Wow, that's great. Okay, enough sharing for today, class, right? You go, well, that's Solomon. Solomon's awesome. No, Solomon wasn't even supposed to be king, right, Reese? Who's supposed to be king? The oldest son is supposed to be king. Solomon was the youngest. None of that was supposed to go right. But it did. So you look back at your life and your history and your challenges and and your difficulties. You go, where was God then? Where was God then? God was putting all the pieces together to give you a purpose in life that could change the world. Could make a huge impact. Just like it did for Solomon. Well, I'm no Solomon. Well, neither was he. Do you get that? I'm trying to bring this together. I really am. There was always a scripture that confused me. Many of them, right, Carly? Yeah, okay. Many scriptures confused me, evidently. And, and I'll end with this, because I want to give you three like action steps to take. Really do. And then we got like two minutes for me to do that. Um, in Hebrews 5, it, and don't turn there again, but go back and look at it. It says that, that Jesus, as a son, learned from what? what is, from what he suffered. 
And I always wondered, you know, why does the Son of God need to learn from what he suffered? I, I don't, you know, I mean, like he's the Son of God. He's Jesus. Did he really need to learn? And when you put it in like this format, you know, there was going to come a time in Jesus' life when he was going to be in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he was not going to want to go to the cross, right? He didn't want to go. And what he could do was fall back on every lesson he learned, every difficult challenge in his life, every bit of suffering that he endured. Do you guess, I mean, do you get this? I mean, you know, for me, it like sends chills up my spine. It's like, wow, even the Son of God like had to endure all of this so he would get to that moment in his life when he was going to fulfill God's purpose and save all of our butts. And he could choose, yes, I'm going to do it, or no, I'm not going to do it. And what he would fall back on is all the lessons that he learned. Obviously, God gave him strength, but he was a man. He was a person just like us. He learned obedience from what he suffered. There are times in our lives where it's like we have to, we have to draw on those challenges and those pains and those difficulties. And we need to say, you know what? God has made me so good because of that. Look at what God has done. And who can I help? And who can I serve? So let me give you three things. I won't get into Hebrews 12 or any of that. But let me give you three things to, to do today, if you're willing. I know it's Father's Day. I know you don't want to do anything. But like Richard, sometimes you've got to do what your wife tells you to do. Right, Richard? That's right. These are simple things. But one of them is really, really, really important. Start praying for wisdom in the Spirit's guidance in your life. And in your purpose, start just asking. Just ask. I know you want him to help you get the rent paid on time. And I know you want to get help with your job. And I know, I know like you want to find a, a good wife. And I know you want all those things. But pray for wisdom and the Spirit's guidance. Besides a wife. Take a, if you don't really have a clear vision, and it's really hard to, to like have your, like my purpose within the purpose... Take a guess at what it is. Look at where you're at right now in life and your challenges and the things you've overcome and just take a guess. Say, I think God wants me to, I think God wants me to do this. I think God wants me to focus here in this area. That's number two. Number three, take one tiny action towards that today. One small thing. You know, it may be, as a brief example, it may be, you know what, God has put me in this place as, you know, a manager, and there are these people that I know, you know, I, I need to reach out to better, that I, I need to be a better example to. And it might be just sending them a Facebook message. I mean, cry out loud. I mean, we can take one small step by texting somebody. You know what I mean? I mean, it's so easy to do. I'm not asking you to walk across Gethsemane, you know, to get there. Just pull out your phone and send a text message. Do one small thing. One small thing. Like, take a step in faith in God's purpose for you. Take a guess and take a step. Amen? We better pray. Hey, thanks for sharing in my challenges. No, no, no. Amen. Let's pray. Happy Father's Day again. Father, um, 
Gosh, so, so thankful, Lord, for your love for us. So, so thankful for the ways that you take our sins, the challenges and the difficulties we've been through, and you make something so awesome and so perfect out of our mess. Thank you for doing that. Help us, God, to really be filled with your Spirit. Help us to know with wisdom and revelation what you want us to do, God, and really equip us to do that very thing. We love you. Pray, Father, that you uh, are pleased with the things that were said today and that, Father, we could really make an impact, do something cool for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for coming. Have a great day, guys.